Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now, Flobo Voice here, and let's get right into it. You guys already know how to connect with the show, newamsterdam.com. You don't need me to tell you this. Let's get into our guest this week. You see, I was chatting with Trenton Hudson, and he, like many of you listening right now, does a lot. Not only is he a writer and an animator, and it's dipping into the alternative coffee game, which we'll get into he, like me, is also a purveyor of the stand-up comedic arts and sciences. So it's always cool to sit and chat with, with brothers in arms when it comes to that sort of craft. It's very unique, uh, that way of putting yourself out there. So it's always cool to talk and rap about that. But I'm bearing the lead here. Trent Hunted is someone who keeps going and also has the, some of those mindfulness tips you keep hearing about or reading about in the media. And when he says it, it seems legit. It doesn't seem like hocus pocus or mumbo jumbo. So being able to chat with him was refreshing, like a breath of fresh air or a sip of some korma coffee. All right, that's a little bit of a tease. Let's get into it. Trent Hudson right now on New Am Sam Radio. Welcome back to our other episode of New Amsterdam Radio. But it's I, the mayor, Flobo Voice, in the mayor's office. Hang with those who are thinking and doing and creating all that good stuff. But my guest today has a portfolio, a litany, a myriad, a cornucopia project on the horizon. Trent Hudson, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm, I'm fantastic. How you doing today? You know, I'm good, man. I get to chop up game with someone like yourself. who's doing man, eight I'm, different I'm, things I'm at once. To, I'm, I'm going to have to pull that intro out and use it for my intro and all the podcast <laughs> interviews I do. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Help this out whenever this goes goes live. Chicago Bulls. <laughs> uh, they be like, hey, how do you want me to intro you? I brought it. Don't worry, I already got a cup. <laughs> yeah, for real. But yo, I'm, for real I'm, talk, I'm, you, do a a lot, you do a lot. You do a lot though, man. Yeah, like, you yeah, are a machine. It's uh, it's it's a balancing act, but I, I got the time and energy for it right now. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I I'm I'm single at the moment. I don't have any kids, so all yeah. my energy is going into you know personal work, my business, my family, and that's pretty much all I got time for right now. So let me ask you this, man. There's a common question asked for a lot of our guests. I have many slashes. If you're at a party and someone's like, what do you do? How do you describe what you do to people? Depending on the party, I, I might just say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Not listen, I I mean, because yeah. it's just, you know, so many people ask that question just to make conversation. Like, they ain't mm -hmm. really that interested. Or sometimes you come across people that and, and this isn't just an LA thing. I know LA's got that reputation of being phony, but um, you come across so many people. We always ask each other what we do, and so many people do it because they they want to pass judgment on you, right? They want to, you know. There, there's, I think I just it was like a meme. It's like people ask you what you do so they can calculate the level of respect to give you. True. And when people come at me with something like that, like you can tell when it's ingenuine. So then I'll hit them with the whatever I want. So like, what do you do? Whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but typically, uh, you know, I'm I've always had this draw to entertainment. I typically lean towards uh, comedian, cartoonist, and that's what I'm most known for too. Um, I moved to LA like five and a half years ago to produce cartoons, and so that's you know always been my first love, passion. You know, I got all the the slashes and this and that, but that's that's always the thing that remains constant, <clears throat> even whenever the other slashes change. Sometimes. 
Yeah. And what kind of cartoons do you work on? Or say, what are you working on now in particular? So right now, um, I, I have this little boutique animation studio with my brothers. Uh, I got two brothers that I work on this with. And um, we have a handful. We have a whole catalog of shows that we're kind of pitching to networks right now. And then we also have, you know, we do our social media um, shows that we have. So right now we have this show called Real Ballers, where we essentially make fun of the NBA and all the nonsense that's going on in the news cycle, oh. right? So yeah. we, ju we just dropped an episode today, and we kind of make fun of the the Brooklyn Nets and their whole Kyrie situation and him not being able to play. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, our, our next episode, we're working on it right now. And, you know, Enos Cantor has been going at LeBron um, over the past couple of weeks for, yeah. for various reasons. So we're, we're going to make fun of that situation. And but yeah, our, our NBA? Coach, I'm curious. Why, of all, all the sports we're, and all the Lakers. We're diehard NBA fans. Like, that's what we watch. So okay. I, I keep up with all the other sports a little bit. But I mean, real talk, I could probably name like 10, 12, 15 NFL players anymore. That's it. Whereas yeah. the NBA, I can name like a handful of dudes on every team, even the teams that suck, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so I, I don't I don't have the know how the the knowledge on how to you know hit those topics right for the other sports. So the NBA, you know, we just kind of brought our passions together with cartoons and basketball, and it's actually like worked out really well for us. You know, some of the NBA players really like our stuff. Um, we like Shaq liked one of our posts the other day. He's been following us for a long time. Kevin Garnett's a big fan of the show. Um, and then, you know, we kind of use that. We, we have a relationship with this dude out here who introduced us to um, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. So they do the, um, the Showtime basketball podcast, All the Smoke. So mm -hmm. we actually um, animated a segment of their show for them before. And we're talking about possibly throwing a TV show together centered around matt and stack and us producing it and writing it um so that kind of but it, it's like a crazy situation how we even got there for real um yeah. so i know you know your podcast is kind of creatives in that process so our process was you know it's it's not like we just jumped into making these cartoons and you know it was like making stuff happen it was <clears throat> You know, we decided we were going to make cartoons. This was like seven, it's been eight years ago. Eight years ago, we decided we were going to make cartoons. And we spent a year and a half doing nothing but learning, you know, how to animate. And so we bought some computers with a Best Buy credit card, maxed it out. Damn. Didn't, didn't have money for our computer software, so we bootlegged it. And... It's about Flash or Toon Boom Studio, like what? <laughs> yeah, Toon Boom. <laughs> okay, respect. <laughs> yeah, we 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 bootlegged the first version of. We didn't we didn't have money left over. We had to be resourceful, right? Yeah. Um, so we started making this cartoon on YouTube, and we were pumping out episodes like every second. We were doing two a week every week for six months. You know, we did fifty episodes in that time. So that was you know literally we were putting out Monday's episode, and then you know doing the social media blast promo all that, and then getting to work on Thursday's episode, and then when Thursday's episode came out get to work on Monday's episode. Animation is very tedious, time consuming. Like we were hardly ever sleeping. Um, basically, and, and I was, you know, we, we were working other jobs too. We were bartending. Um, so I was bartending like three days a week, sometimes four. But if I wasn't there, I was learning how to animate. And that was all I did for a year and a half was learn how to animate. We developed this show. Um, so it was a year and a half before we even put anything out on YouTube. 
and then you know we 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 see some success on YouTube. Our show starts getting popular. Even though the first episodes, like I tell people all the time, whenever you want to put something out, just start making it. It doesn't have to be perfect. If if you wait till it's perfect, you're gonna be wasting time, opportunity, leaving money on the table, whatever it may be. Like you're only holding yourself back. Our first episodes of the show, it's actually this show right here, The Lounge. That was our yeah. first YouTube show. And <clears throat> the first handful of episodes are just, they're terrible. They're, they're not that funny. <laughs> the, you know, the, the animation is bad. The storyline is whack. Like everything about it is whack. Who made like, this trash? Oh, wait, it was No, <laughs> man. There, there were just, you know, a handful of funny jokes kind of sprinkled through it that weren't even that good. But, you know, you can kind of see, you know, as, as this process, as this season of this uh, first show is coming along, you know, where we hit our stride and then it's like, okay, now the storyline finally makes sense and they have something to stick to. The animation's getting better. The jokes are getting better. And, you know, we just kept getting better and better and kept putting out content. And we got the attention of Comedy Central. And six months after we put out our first episode, we were in these fools office in L.A. having a meeting with them. And a couple weeks after that, they called us and they were like, yo, we want to bring this to our digital platform and put it on our website and Snapchat and do all that with it. And so we did that for two years with them. And then that was really the kind of catalyst that opened the door. And that led to, you know, even like that helped us foster that relationship and have credibility whenever it came to the Matt and Stack animation we did for them. And then we did some like uh, we did some stuff for Kevin Hart's network. So they own LOL Network owns um, the Deaf Comedy Jam, right? The Those mm -hmm. classic standups from the 90s. And we, we animated a few of those clips. So, you know, and we've done like a handful of other smaller projects with people here and there and whatnot. But, you know, it was it was that really that first six month or first two years of just grinding, you know, the year and a half of learning how to animate, how to write properly and kind of put a show together or one that's good enough to put on YouTube anyway. And so a year and a half of learning, six months of not sleeping and just working. And so that first two years was just, you know, learning process, trying to figure this out, trying to figure out how to reach our goals, get hit those next steps. And, you know, when we when we linked up with Comedy Central, it wasn't even like they were just out browsing YouTube and came across our stuff. We reached out to them, actually. And, you know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about being resourceful, where so we didn't know anyone in L.A. We didn't have any connections here. We didn't know anyone at Comedy Central. We knew nobody in TV, period. Mm -hmm. And so basically... There's websites out there where you can get access to influential people's emails, right? So some, all the good ones you got to pay for, but and some of them are dated, but good stuff regardless. We had a ton of emails. Like if you worked at Comedy Central in the second half of 2015, even if you were an accountant, you probably got an email from us. And, right. uh, and but it wasn't like you know, hey, we watch our show and see what you think and put us on and it was like not asking for favors like that you know we weren't asking for a handout the only thing we ever asked anybody was you know do you mind taking a look at this just giving us feedback what what would be your next move if you were in this position and trying to put this out there so we were just you know asking people for advice on how to navigate this path and you know people were i'll say we were doing a lot of reaching out to people in general and, and still do, because, you know, you always want to learn from people that have been there. So most people, nine times out of ten, are going to hit you back and offer you a little advice or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but we, as, as long as you, you got to kind of ask people that are not, not way too successful. Like, whenever we're starting out, we can't be like, 
hey, we got to hit up Kevin Hart on, on Instagram or email. Like, he ain't got time for that. He's way too busy. Right. So if he if he's at level 10, you can't really reach out to Kevin Hart until you're at least level eight, right? So if we're at level one, we're reaching out to people that are level two, level three, asking them how they got there. Level three, when we get to level three, then we hit up people at level four or five. How'd you get there? Um, and people are always willing, but I'll say no one at Comedy Central hit us back. No one. <laughs> like, no, we sent oh, hundreds of emails, yo. Hundreds of emails. No one hit us back until one person hit us back. And she happened to be an assistant in the programming department. And she was like, not the bottom level assistant, but she was like, still had to sometimes be the one to get the coffee, right? Um, right, right. But she, but she watched it and she liked it and she was super cool. And, um, you know, she was kind of like, okay, well, let me know when you keep releasing episodes. And then, you know, she passed it to her boss and she loved it too. So then we kind of started exchanging more dialogue and they were like, yeah, just keep hitting us up every time you release an episode. We want to watch it. We think this is funny. And um, then, you know, we those were the people that we ended up working with on it for two years. It was, it was those two women and this other dude. And um, that was like the, the greatest thing because not only did we, you know, get some credibility in this, you know, industry that we're trying to, you know, crack into, but, you know, we got a master class in animation production and you know how to how to write properly whereas most people go to a four-year school to learn what we just learned in two years except i did it's not, it's not worth it <laughs> yeah, I, I your way is a lot more efficient <laughs> I, I did it for journalism and i tell people now like if you want to be a journalist don't go to school you don't need to go to school for that if you want to be a journalist go start a blog or a podcast or cover the field that you want to cover if you get people following you the money's going to come and someone's going to come poach you even if it's like cnn or whoever they're gonna be like yo you gotta follow me we want you over here and espn will do the same thing like almost any job unless you want to be like a doctor or a teacher you don't need to do a whole lot of schooling yeah i mean it's 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 truth of it that's the world uh, we live in like that i'm not saying school's a waste of time or anything like that because it, it provides a lot of value but you don't need it yeah if you have the discipline to teach yourself anyway that that's a that's that's a caveat. That's a but, tough part. So, that's a tough part. <clears throat> so you were you were learning animation and and making your show the best possible. But some would argue uh, for creatives that no, you want to be able to hone your craft and make it a hobby or just work on your thing. But you seem like you really wanted to get this enterprise off the ground as quickly as possible. Or am I not reading that right? Was it created no, no, to be sold, or was it? No, it it, it wasn't created. I mean, yeah, it was. So that show in particular was definitely created to be sold. But this was also, yeah. you know, something that like this this is our baby, right? And we, and we have a whole catalog of shows now that we're working on. But it's one of those things like w- when it comes to your craft, obviously you want to perfect your craft. But if I, I find so many people trying to make it too perfect and they're wasting time and energy and what's really holding them back is fear. Like they're scared to go ahead and put it out there. And so I think, you know, if, if you're going to make a cartoon or like any any kind of media, you need to just go ahead and, and get it rolling because you're you're not going to have as critical of an eye whenever you're just, you know, making practice stuff. Um, so like when, when I see when I wa- listen to podcasts, when I watch even you know, all, all the content that you can come across on the Internet where you can go back and, and see how it started. Right. All right. the people that I see that are like the very, very best. Their stuff when they started was shit. True. You ever seen Joe, you ever seen Joe Rogan's first podcast? Yeah. It's him outside in his backyard. It's awful. 
It's awful. Yeah. We'll, look, we'll yeah. look at him now. And that's because you got to hurry up and get it rolling so you can figure out what moves to make. And I think it, it's easier to move faster and it's easier to move correctly when you go ahead and start because your audience is always going to tell you what they want. You're always going to have comments, feedback. And sometimes you got to search for those comments and ask them, hey, what do you think? Whatever, you know. Um, but they're always going to tell you what you want. So even with the cartoons, when we started, um, you know, I, oh, okay, I look at it like this. Let me get, use this as an example. We, we started, mm-hmm. our, our first episode, we released it in July 2015. It was terrible. It didn't get good for months. But six months after that very first crappy, terrible episode, we were in Comedy Central's office. So if we would have waited until we had everything like really rolling and or, or what we thought was rolling anyway, because we weren't, you know, professionals by any means, we're still learning. So if we would have waited until, you know, we thought it was quote unquote good enough by our standards, that would have taken another three months to mm-hmm. to put out something. And then you, you you can't tell me that within three months. So instead of starting in July, if we start in, you know, October, do we still have that meeting in January? No yeah, way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Not happening. Um, so, and like going back to the feedback, you know, we had comments on YouTube. We had comments on Facebook. People, you know, saying whatever. And, and then you kind of, you can take that feedback from your audience, figuring out what they want. And you're also finding your own voice in the process. So, you can sit here and learn animation until your eyes bleed and have the best animation, but you still got to have the writing to go along with it, the little, you know, technical things. And those are things you find by actually doing. And so if you're not doing all those things encompassing, it, it, it gives you, it, it's almost like you can really kind of zoom out and see your product fully and it, you can pinpoint every single thing that's wrong with it. Yeah. And, yep. you know, so when, when you can pinpoint everything that's wrong with it, you can, and, and sometimes you won't even, th- there'll be things you never thought about. They're like, oh man, I got to fix this part now. I, I can't do this part wrong again. Um, right. And so I think, you know, in, in my experience and in, in the people that I know that have talked to me about this, that are older than me, way more successful, way more accomplished say the same thing and and that's that that's enough for me like you don't have to take my word for it because right. i don't have a you know a ton of years under my belt i'm 31 but when i talk to people that are are in their 50s that are are more have a better life balance better business model business in general more success more money more income everything it's like they they tell me the same thing and i heard this quote one time by i think it was the founder of linkedin he said, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you waited too long to put it out. Wow. And I think that's- I'm that's always embarrassed, so I guess I'm good to go. You know, you, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> you're good, baby. You're gravy. No, I mean, it's very good advice to take to the bank. I know a lot of us in the creative space go, I'm not ready yet, especially uh, stand-up, which is something you and I both do. If yeah. someone goes, hey, man, 20 minutes in LA next week, you ready? People go, oh, I'm not ready for that yet. And, yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying to, to go when you have no material, yeah. but sometimes you we always underestimate what we can, what we can stretch and things like that. And, 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 and that's okay. You know, I, I don't think, you know, if someone's like, hey, you come do 20 minutes it's fine to be like well can i do six minutes instead 
That's yeah. fine because you're still yeah. putting yourself out there. You're still making content. It's it's not like you're like, hey, I don't want to do it at all because I think I need to sit home and write these jokes when it's like you need to be getting your ass on stage if you're going to be a comedian, you know? Right, right. Ouch. Triggered. I see how it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my thing was well, I, I, no, had to, I, I, I had two albums in my belt and then the, the pandemic stopped me. So like, I got to get back into well, it. But same, I, I, did. Yeah. I, I just got back into it recently because I was like, I, I got really heavy into it right before the pandemic started. And then, you know, I started finally, you know, having people ask me to come perform at places. I did a show at like Flappers and Burbank right before the pandemic. So and then what? like two weeks after that show, the LA is closed. Right. right. And then, it's a wrap. <laughs> so I, I just started doing stand up again. I did stand up for the first time. Um, I did it at the end of September. Um, so it's been almost almost two full months since I yeah. did stand up. But that's the only show I've done since things have been back because I've been super busy with all of our shows we're working on. We, we just put out an episode of the Ballers show today. We got a couple other projects in the pipeline. Um, so I've been super busy with the cartoons, but and then the coffee. So I, I have the coffee company that, you know, you asked Let's me about. Let's talk about it. About it. Korma things. Coffee yeah, which threw, so. me, threw me off because it was date coffee, which yeah. I totally read it literally like it was going on a date coffee. But no, it's actually made <laughs> yeah. date. So talk yeah, about that, baby. From the seed of the date fruit, man. So yeah. uh, I started making this for myself during the pandemic. And I really, you know, I, I just happened to be one of those people where if, if I'm eating a lot of dates and I'm throwing away a lot of seeds, I'll be like, what can I use these seeds for, right? I was like, there's got to be something I can do with these. I... No one thinks like that. Nobody. <laughs> I'll do all these seeds. Oh, okay, so it's, it's like me and eight other people in the world, I guess. I don't know. But I was like, what can I use these for? I was like, I wonder if there is anything. So I just Googled it on a whim. I didn't expect to find anything. But it turns out you can roast them and turn them into coffee. So I started making it for myself, and I really liked it. But I got tired of making it so... I wanted to go buy it in the store, but you can't find it anywhere. So I was like, okay, well, here's an opportunity for, for me to provide this. And I know if I'm looking for this and I want this, I know there has to be other people that want it too. Because the reason I, the whole reason I started this is because, so I, I love coffee. I love the taste of it, the smell, that morning kind of ritual, you know. But caffeine gives me chest pain. And I actually had a heart attack when I was 20. Yeah. And then I had crazy. another one when I was 21. So, Dang. but... I'm, the second I'm like, one less scary, or it's just that scary? Yeah, no, it was way less scary, man. When I had the second one, I was just like, man, again, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it is. It is. <laughs> but I was, like, I was like, God, you gotta be kidding me, man. Because the first time I was in the hospital for like a week, and and we didn't really know what was wrong with me. So, you know, I, I have two aneurysms in my LAD. So, for anyone listening, maybe you don't know what an aneurysm is. Essentially, uh, your artery wall weakens, and your artery kind of balloons. And your blood doesn't flow straight through that tube anymore. It'll kind of tumble in there and clot. So that's what caused each one of my heart attacks was those two aneurysms closing up. So my heart developed feeder arteries around those, uh, around that main artery that runs through there to get blood to that bottom left side of my heart. And um, I'm like, my cardiologist is literally like, you're a walking miracle, man. He's like, you have like completely normal heart function. Like last time I saw him, we did every test in the book. We did like the 3D imaging, ultrasound, CT scan, every everything, did the treadmill yeah. test. And he's like, man, he's like, your heart had almost no damage at all from two heart attacks. He's like, you're, I don't know if you understand how lucky you are because whatever, when you have a heart attack, whatever damage is done to your heart, that's forever. Your heart doesn't recover from that. So you're just, you're just down whatever muscle suffered the heart attack or whatever in your heart you know um yeah. 
so yeah, I, I got super lucky, but and I can I'm fit, active. I work out every day, I run, but caffeine bothers me. Nothing else does, so I, I steer clear of it. So that's kind of how Korma was born. It was just you know my my circumstance, and just happened to be kind of I'm I'm just curious. So I, I was just curious of what what can I do with these date seeds, and it happened to fall into my situation. What what's the name? What's Korma mean to you? Korma is actually Farsi for date. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was, it was except except I changed the spelling of a little bit. I got I got to sell to these white people, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, 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 so it, it's spelled like there, there's it's my brand is K O R M A, but it's spelled like I think it's K O O H. There's an H in there somewhere. I was like, I, I gotta. These white people don't want that. I gotta. Right. I gotta, right. I gotta, I gotta trick them real quick and. I thought you were trying to say karma very special, like karma. Like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, girl, karma. But that's cool. That's cool. I like it. Because uh, it, it's very distinct. I can't think of any other brand like it. Uh, I have yet to try it, and I'm a big coffee fanatic. So I will definitely be trying to get soon to see how that how that is. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some. Send me your uh, yeah. if we get off. I uh, appreciate that, man. But like, yeah. what's the what's the kind of portfolio, man? Like, it seems you, you got the food and beverage thing going. You got the content thing going. What's left to accomplish? Uh, giving back. Okay. Giving back. Um, you know, right now, I, I I got other things to accomplish. I, I'm not near as accomplished in either one of my fields as I want to be. Um, you know, I don't I don't have a show on TV. I mean, we're doing our thing, and we've done some cool projects and worked with some dope people, and we have some awesome projects in the works. But that's not the goal. The goal isn't to, you know, do that and, you know, be be on be on that mid level, right? Where we're aiming for the top. So, but so so next is you know we're, we're still we're still grinding in this and, but yeah, definitely get back. I, I had a charity that I wanted to start last year during the pandemic, like before the pandemic came. I was like that was one of my New Year's resolutions for 2020. I was like, yo, I'm gonna start this charity this year. I got this brilliant idea. It's this experiential charity. We gotta fly people places and do like. He's really, oh. I don't want to give it away, but it's like super dope. And yeah. um, and then the pandemic came and no one was flying anywhere. And now like flying is still kind of hassle and they keep canceling flights on everybody. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to kind of wait a little bit, which is okay. Cause that allows me to kind of get some other ducks in a row. But yeah, that that's like the next thing on my list is I I'm, I want to start this charity so bad because it's something that is so so cool, and we're spreading love in the world and making people feel good, and giving people these experiences that they they never thought that they were gonna have, and whenever we get launched, I'll come back and talk about it and tell tell, tell a little a little bit about what we're doing and how we're trying to spread love in the world. Absolutely, man. You're more than welcome to come on back. But right now, I got I to ask you, as someone who has so many different things, I mean, irons in the fire, as he used to say, uh, what does a day off look like for you? What What do you do on a day off? Do you have day offs? Do you believe in that stuff or not? I I have days off, but I only take days off if there's an event, something planned. I don't, I don't, I, I never take a full day off if, because I don't, I don't like to. <laughs> I, I gotta kind of stand even if I only work on something for ten minutes, it, just just to keep it fresh, right? I, I don't need to bury myself in it in the morning or at night. It's nothing like that. But you know, a typical day for me is I I turn myself into a morning person. I get up at five a.m. every day, even on the weekends. And the first thing I do, I get up, I uh, I meditate, and then actually the first thing I do is I drink some water, and then I meditate, and then I do my Wim Hof breathing, 
and then I after about six, I, I do no phones, no technology before six a.m. So I, I always, I'm always awake for an hour before I use any tech, and I'm always cut my tech off for an hour before bed. So I try to be in bed at like ten thirty. I'll cut the tech off at like nine or ten. Be yeah. in bed at ten thirty eleven. But so yeah, I, I get up five a.m. Uh, let's see, water, meditate, Wim Hof. Then I can check whatever kind of agenda that I need to think about for the day around six six thirty, and or sometimes, most of the time these days, I'm checking my crypto accounts at 6 30 in the morning anymore hey hold on game, hold on game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so so then then i have a little bit to eat and then i hit the gym i'm in the gym at seven i'm in there for about an hour and then at eight o'clock come home i stretch a little bit and then i eat again and then i take a cold shower and then my day's ready to roll at about 9 a.m maybe a little before and then i can really because those are like my non-negotiables. I used to work out in the afternoon. I used to try to meditate like whenever I could. But then I got to a point where I was like, if I if I work out in the afternoon, too often things come up in the afternoon and then I'd miss workouts. So now yeah. I do it in the morning. I meditate in the morning when there's still before the sun is up, still dark, still quiet. Get my solitude, you know, can kind of keep myself balanced and center. And so those are the things that like I need just, just for my own mental health. I, I need to work out. I need to be in the gym. I need to meditate. Um, so, and, and then the rest of the day, you know, after 9am it's, it, it depends kind of what's calling my attention. A lot of times I'm just, you know, talking about my date coffee online on Twitter and Instagram to people being in people's comments and yeah. trying, trying to be like, yo, I can help you. <laughs> this this um, is your day off, bro. Damn. That's like work to me. That's like work to me. This is typical day so far. Nah, okay, okay, okay. So, okay. so, so right. yeah, at like 9 a.m. I'll start working on that. Um, you know, check on the rest of the coffee stuff, make sure the orders are going out, make sure everything is proper. Um, and then in the afternoons, or actually as soon as I get done with Cormor, I'm usually like back to crypto for real. I'm in and out of crypto all day anymore these days. But then I'll, I'll I do um, I like to get creative in the early afternoons, um, and then you know I'll I'll be the the evenings are usually whatever is tedious and the things I don't want to do I do those last. I'm not one of those people that like the the tedious things I want to hurry and get them out of the way, because those tedious things that don't matter that much. So one thing that like editing my coffee website I do that I send out the promotional emails and stuff like that so those tedious things that don't require a lot of energy and a lot of focus th those are end of the day stuff <clears throat> because yeah, I yeah. you know I the the high priorities are first the important things the things that require concentration are first um that's why I make sure I if I got creative stuff to work on I like to do it before it gets late when I still got the mind power to do it um and then you know afternoon evening it's I, I fit in time to eat whenever i can but I, I don't eat after 7 p.m i'm super diligent about my sleep because i i had sleep issues like my whole life and i now i sleep like a baby sound uninterrupted always um right. yeah, you do it. so, so like my, my my night routine is just as important as my morning um and and that's mostly just like the two important things for me is like i don't eat after seven and i don't use technology after 10 p.m um, but then a day off is like the only thing that's consistent on the day off is the morning routine. I still get up at five and then my day is ready to roll by nine and there's always something to do. So usually 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. is <clears throat> even if it's just making sure the orders are going out right or whatever. There's always someone sending me an email to check. Um, so nine to ten and then 
then the rest of the day can be whatever I need it to be. Sometimes, sometimes that's just self-care. Sometimes I take hold a whole day to just do nothing except work on my body. So I'll work out in the morning and I'll make sure I get quality stretching in. I'll make sure I get, you know, a really good quality Wim Hof breathing session and things like that. I'll use like the Theragun on my body and, you know, use the roller and do all of that and, and just make sure my whole focus that day a lot of the time is just really high quality nutrition, really high quality taking care of my body, getting my mind right, trying to focus on being present in what I'm doing and not think about what has to be done for work, you know? And because, you know, that if you're not going to be in it, you can't do anything about it anyway. So you might as well not think about it. That's (laughs) that's kind of how I see it, right? Well, the the body's instrument, right? (laughs) Yes. Stay stay present and focus on what you're doing and worry about those other tasks when you're in them. So yeah. Damn that that that's the blue pill right there. Well, Trenton, thanks so much for being on the show. Do I'm saying other podcasts for creators, man? You're doing big things all over now. Here's a chance you got to put everything over, brother. Let me know everything you're working on, how people can engage with you, follow you online, connect with you, buy the coffee, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're interested in the cartoons, riot comedy across the board, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever you're on, we're over there. Um, our our biggest kind of publishing is. Instagram now. That's where we have our most followers. That's where they get the content first, and then we put it everywhere else. But so yeah, Riot Comedy. Um, if you want to check out the coffee or learn more about it or order any, it's the coffee is called Korma. You can get it at KormaCafe.com, and that is K-O-R-M-A Cafe.com. If you want to connect with me, um, I'm most active on Instagram. I don't really use too much other social media on my personal account, but my Instagram is Trenton Hudson. No underscores. No none of that. Um, yeah, at Trenton Hudson. I'm always open to. DMs, whatever y'all want to know, ask me advice, tips. I'm, I'm always open. People ask you for advice, like this slime dude. Yo, man, how do I balance my crypto portfolio? <laughs> is that is that people just do that all the time? The people that are close to me ask me some questions about crypto because I've I've picked some serious winners in the last month and a half. Like What's serious up, winners. It's winners to where I'm like what the F was I thinking? I knew this was a winner from the get-go. Why didn't I put a thousand bucks in it? Why right. did I put 50 bucks in it? Because usually that's all that's in my trading account. Because I, So I, I like to do trading, but once I have like a chunk of money, I'll move it into, I take it out of my trading account and I'll put it in something safe like XRP or Sandbox or whatever, you know, whatever is kind of feeling safe at the moment. But yeah, real yeah. talk. I have a I, I dabble here and there. I got some ETH, mm-hmm. I got some some Bitcoin, but yeah. ever since ever since Floribonk dropped, everyone tags me by accident. <laughs> everyone tags me by accident because the cash symbol is F L O B O. And you're just like, yeah. bro, that's not me. I'm not acting nice. a coin. <laughs> so, haven't partake myself though. Gotta be a way to take advantage of that though, right? Maybe <laughs> I, I know right? have my own face on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I want you back when you got that thing launched, let me know when we can have you on yeah, the charity launch. Sure, sure. We'll have you back on the episode. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs>